Good morning and welcome to the Mental Health Worship of the NCSA. My name is Nandi Fleming and I'll be your host for this morning's worship. Before we start, let us just close our eyes for a word of prayer. Heavenly Father, our prayer this morning is, Lord, that you will work within us. Lord, that you will do what it is that you have planned for us that needs to be done in order for us to be the perfect, pure and holy children, Lord, that are ready for translation and to see you on the clouds of heaven. Lord, bless us now in this time that we are in. Keep us safe, Father, and may we see you coming soon on the clouds of heaven as I pray in your name. Amen. I'd like to read for you for the verse of contemplation out of the book of Zechariah, chapter 13 and verse 9. It says, I will put them into fire. I will refine them like silver and test them like gold. They will call on my name and I will answer them. I will say, they are my people and they will say, the Lord is our God. The title for my talk this morning is Burn to Burn Bright, but not burn to exterminate. Currently, we are in a fire that we did not ask for. We have said before, when pieces of our lives start falling apart, we should take a moment and ask ourselves, which pieces do you really want to pick back up and put back into place? I've heard many of those whom I've been in contact with saying that um, life so far is very different during this lockdown. Physically, mentally, socially, spiritually, and even vocationally, people have been challenged to change. COVID-19 have made us aware that there are many things that are non-essentials in our lives. And some of these non-essentials have been forcefully removed from us. And we're starting to learn to live without them. Sports events have been cancelled. Um, amusement parks, theatres have been closed. Restaurants have been closed. There's no clubbing, no sale of alcohol, no spending money on uh, non-necessities. Even church has been cancelled. There are no bars open. Vape shops have closed. Salons where you can go dye your hair or do your nails are now closed as well. Um, there's no more exercise at gyms. Um, and, and I wonder, sometimes there's even certain essential um, services that have ceased, like even counseling. Some people might say, but where can I go? I need to speak to somebody. But even some of those essential services have closed down. And because of all of these things coming to an end, some people have become bored at home and have had to find alternative ways to fill their hours during their days. Personally for me, this has meant cooking better meals, getting up early, sitting and eating at the table as a family, preaching more sermons daily, and spending more time in God's word. I've even asked myself if lockdown becomes part of our world's reality for the future, perhaps I should invest in educating myself in a line of work that is an essential service. So if this were to happen again, I could still do God's work and not be stuck at home helplessly sitting here. What have you thought of? How have you re-evaluated your life or how has your life changed? What is the fire currently burning? This unexpected fire that we did not ask for. Have you had similar thoughts to me? Have you had changed behaviors during the lockdown? Has your routine changed? Perhaps you find yourself spending more time in the garden or reading the Bible, praying more, doing family church or worship, online evangelism even perhaps. Have your thoughts shifted in your thinking? 
of how you need to perhaps forgive the person you haven't forgiven yet because the time of the end might be at hand. Um, Have you maybe thought that perhaps I should be less independent and more God dependent? Perhaps your thoughts have changed to realize that this is the time that character growth should happen and that growth should not be stunted. Perhaps you have realized that right now is a time for you to stand up and volunteer to give your life to God, to live for him or to die for him. You see, all of these adjustments that we go through, whether mentally or spiritually or physically, is hard. And they might even be irritating. Um, Let's call these changes the burn. The burn to purge Um, through fire is a concept that the Bible speaks of. The verse that we started off with speaks about how God will, will purify us like gold and silver through fiery experiences that we go through to purge or burn away that which is unwanted in the life of the Christian. In gym life, the way that you get rid of fat is to burn it away. No, not with lasers. You see, exercise heats up the body so that the fat literally melts and burns away and is sweated out then through the body, through the form of toxins. You see, we need to burn away the fat and toxins of sin in our lives by becoming hot. And God has already created or allowed the environment around us to become more warm, to become more hot, to allow this burn to start. When fire burns, it's supposed to burn the dross away forever. You see, when we get rid of things in our lives, which used to be a big part of our life, we will have to take time to mourn the changes that are taking place. And mourning may cause anger within us. It might cause irritation. We might go through the stages of grief, of denial and sadness and anger and fear. Um, But it will come to a place of acceptance. You see... Letting go of the unnecessary is recommended. We should use this time to purge our lives, our feelings, our thoughts, our actions, the things that do not fit the image of God in our lives. Have you ever done spring cleaning where you go through your clothing cupboard and you throw away your own old clothes, the ones that are torn and that don't fit anymore? You see, as much as we throw away the things that don't fit our bodies, we should also throw away the things in our lives that don't fit the image of God in our lives. We should allow the fire to do what it must. We should not go back to our comfort zone and do the things which we once did once this is over. The Bible calls us to die to sin, the sin of loving pleasure more than loving God. When you are dead, there is no going back to the old ways. Um, we should not say after a while, I've changed my mind. I don't want these changes. We need to destroy the old ways within us. I've often thought of biblical stories, especially um, the exodus of Israel from Egypt. I've wondered the punishment that God bestowed on Egypt in the form of the 10 plagues. Was that only for the punishment of the Egyptians? I believe that the the plagues were there to help Israel to purge themselves of the, the, the love that they had grown into for Egypt and its ways. You see, if we think of the 10 plagues, there was water that turned to blood. There were frogs, there was lice, there were flies, there was cattle that died, there was boils, there was fire and hail, locusts that consumed the crops, there was darkness over the earth, and then the death of the the, the firstborn son. 
If you think about it, every single one of these plagues that came slowly but surely destroyed Egypt, the land which they had grown so accustomed to living in. And when the ten plagues were finished, there was nothing really left to return to. When God set them free, he not only set them free from Pharaoh, but he set them free from, from a life of being, being stuck in a place that was doing them no good. There are many things in our lives that are doing us no good. And unless, unless God destroys them supernaturally, we will have a tendency to want to go back to them. Just like Israel complained in the desert and said, were we not better off in Egypt? The truth of the story is, is that unfortunately for them, even though they wanted to return, there was nothing left for them to return to. We need to make a choice in our lives to destroy the pathways that allow us to go back to our old ways of life. There's a story of a general that went into war. And when they arrived at the place of the enemy that they had sailed to, on the shores, he decided to burn his ships. You see, his, his soldiers were enraged. But the reason the general did this is because he realized that his soldiers' hearts were in two places. Their hearts were that they came there to fight and to win. But their hearts were also back home. And the thought that if it didn't go their way, they could retreat and go back home, get back onto their ships and sail back to peace and calmness. Many of us today need to burn the ships in our lives Many of us, when we get discouraged with the intensifying heat of life's battles, we go back to our old ways of life because we haven't burnt the ships. We need to leave the old behind and look forward. Luke chapter 9 verse 62 says that the worker that puts his hand to the plow and looks back is not worthy of the calling with which God has called us. Do not hold on to that which the fire has burnt. Let it go. When something burns, we should not try and save it or look back at it. There's a biblical story of the story of Lot's wife. Lot's wife, when Sodom and Gomorrah got destroyed, looked back. Israel looked back to Egypt, longing in their hearts to return to the old ways of life. And both Israel and Lot's wife paid a very dear price for this. Lot's wife turned into a pillar of salt. And Israel, the generation that looked back, was not allowed to enter into the promised land. Whatever bad habits we have and a fear of moving into the future should be put aside we should not fall back into our comfort zones. It is truly a time for us right now to say goodbye to that which we were. Learn today to inhale the future and exhale the past. Don't look back. Look forward. This applies in our thinking as well. If we are used to being pessimistic and complaining and having negative thoughts, a pathway forms within the brain, tells psychology. These pathways are called neuropathways. Um, when we practice pessimism and complaining and negative thinking, it becomes a habit. And by repeating it over and over, a literal connection, a literal path forms in our brains and becomes stronger and stronger by repetition.
By us going back onto those paths of negative thinking, we will never be cleansed of the dead wood that is within our lives, the dross that is, that is holding and clinging onto us. We look forward to thinking new thoughts. We need to practice to think new thoughts over and over again to burn the pathways of pessimism and negative thinking. When the thoughts come back like they used to, we need to say, sorry, I burnt that path. I can no longer go back onto it. When self and selfish ways are burned away, then we can truly be on fire for God. Trees are often used in biblical prophecy to represent God's people. And in the book of Revelation, God says that he is holding back the winds of strife from blowing upon the trees until his people are sealed. God does not allow allow right now the full force of trial and tragedy to come upon us. But he does allow smaller things to come in order to help us to burn away the dead wood that is within us. If we are God's trees, God wants us to be perfect trees and the trials of life is going to help us to burn so talking about trees and logs and wood have you ever noticed how a piece of log burns a piece of wood if you apply fire lighters to it um, if you don't apply fire lighters to wood but you just use one match to try and burn the log or the wood it won't burn it needs a lot of fuel and a lot of fire needs to be created that's enough for the flame to heat up the wood and sometimes it takes long for the wood to heat up they tell us that in order for wood to be heated sufficiently in order for it to light up it will have to be heated to 150 degrees celsius and then it'll start to smoke before it ignites science tells us when all the particles within the wood has burnt away, only char remains, like the charcoal that we buy in the shops. The smoke will be gone and the dead pieces of the wood will be burnt away. The carbon char will then combine with oxygen and will continue to burn steadily at a much slower and steady pace. That is why charcoal in a barbecue or in a braai can stay hot for much longer. God calls us to burn away our dead wood in our characters and personalities so that only the char, the good wood, remains. When all the dross of life is burnt away and only the purity of Christ remains, the char, we too will stay hot for longer. God needs faithful, consistent flames that don't quickly go out. Another interesting fact about burning trees and wood is is that they heat up. As they heat up, the rising carbon atoms as well as the atoms of other material um, in them light up. The heat that is formed within this fire produces light, an effect that is called incandescence. And it is the same kind of thing that creates light within a light bulb. It is what causes a visible flame. Flame color varies depending on how hot it is. Color variations within the flame is caused by uneven temperatures. Typically, the hottest part of the flame at the base glows blue, and the cooler parts at the top glow orange or yellow. God wants us to be warm, not lukewarm. He declares that all who are lukewarm, he will spit out of his mouth. He wants us to burn hot, to 
burn dark blue flames. The hotter the flame, the bluer the light. God's trials helps us to burn a deep blue lasting flame for God, a bright light. Um, Are you burning a deep blue flame for God today? Or are you a bit cooler, perhaps burning a bit more yellow? I believe if we let the flames of life do its work, we will be on fire like the disciples were after the death and resurrection of Jesus. The two men, two disciples on the way to Emmaus, described and said, Did not our hearts burn within us? Talking about how the fire of God had ignited in their hearts when he spoke to them. For the peace in our lives to be lasting, our hardships sometimes um, have to be a little bit harder. Which um, Christians in the ages past that shone their lights burnt the brightest? I think of the martyrs, people who have died for Christ, people who have endured trials and hardships. They, to me, are people whose lights are still burning today, that have formed deep, dark blue lights. When the dead wood of life is gone, we truly will be on fire for God, a warm, long-lasting, burning, deep blue fire. Let your light shine before men today. Allow the trials of life to let your light shine brighter. Do that which will set you on fire for God. So we burn away the dead wood. We become hot, long-lasting flames that burn the brightest. There is something else that happens within us when we burn. You see, God allows us to burn now, to go through trials now, so that we do not have to burn light later. God allows trials into our lives as a form of a controlled fire. We in this time of our life will have to pass through a type of time of Jacob's trouble. Malachi chapter 4 verse 1 declares that the Lord says, The day is coming when all the proud and evil people will burn like straw. And in that day they will burn up. They will, there will be nothing left of them. Matthew 3 verse 12 says that he has his winnowing fork with him, threshing out all the grain. He will gather his wheat into a barn, but he will burn the chaff in the fire that never goes out. We need to burn our chaff now so that when God's winnowing fork comes and wants to cast the chaff into the fire, that there will be no chaff left over. God allows us to burn now so that the fires of hell will have no, f- no power over us. There will be nothing left to burn. God is like a firefighter, fighting the fire of sin within our lives. How will he extinguish sin and keep us safe from Satan's fires? Well, let me tell you what firefighters do. Firefighters study the nature of fire and they know where it's going to go. So, in order for them to extinguish the fires, they go ahead of the fire and they light a controlled fire in front of the, uh, the, the big fire that's coming in order to, when the fire arrives, there's nothing left to burn. You see, because fire cannot burn that which is already burnt. God says we have to go through the crucible, the trials of life, in order to burn away the dead wood, the dross, the things that do not belong in our characters. So that when God's searching eye comes looking in the last days to see who will be cast into that eternal fire, we will be pure and holy. 
with nothing left that needs to be removed or burnt. Like the dead wood that burns off, in our lives we might try to prevent fiery trials. When there is a forest fire, we try to avoid this fire, forest fire. We try to put it out um, because of the destruction that it brings. But here is what happens if we don't let a forest fire burn. Lots of dry wood collects, which would be okay if it was wet. But extreme amounts that is collected on the forest surface, if it eventually does burn, it burns so hot that it destroys not only the forest but the topsoil and the life that is within the soil and the plants. And they don't have a forest anymore at the end. It only remains a desert. A lot of trees are built um, to withstand a certain amount of intensity. Some won't even release their seeds unless there is a fire. So a little bit of fire at the right time can stop everything from burning to the ground, including the ground itself. In our lives, will you choose to allow controlled fires to burn or will you wait for it all to go to ruin? Will you wait for that intense fire to come that will destroy you? We need to allow the smaller trials of life to do its works. Don't stubbornly cling to the parts of you that are bad. Get rid of everything within yourself that isn't perfect. Shed those things that are no longer worthy of your life. Cast them off. Don't let the heat intimidate you, thinking that it will destroy you. We are not there yet. That destructive fire is still a little bit off. When the fiery eye of God comes to search for the dead wood to burn, there will be nothing left but a golden, pure Christian character. This fire that we are going through will not only set us on fire to shine our lights to the world around us, but it will save our lives both now and from the fiery furnace that is to come upon those that will not accept God and his trials in their lives right now. May God give us mercy to endure the heat and not to be intimidated by it. The Pastoral Counseling Department of the NCSA invites you to join our daily mental health devotions. You can subscribe by WhatsApping the word yes to plus 27836584296. Broadcasts will be sent out directly to your phone each morning at 8 a.m. Topics are centered on biblical and psychological guidance to achieve good mental health and a balanced lifestyle despite the trials and crises of life. If you are interested in receiving these daily WhatsApp audio devotions straight to your phone, then WhatsApp the word YES to plus 27836584296. And now, may your darkness turn to light as the Son of Righteousness rises with healing in His wings.